Coaches Corner. Today, I've got four coaches with me, and I'll go ahead and introduce them now. I've got Taya Freestead from Volume Fit for our women's lab. I've got um, Andrea Cullen from um, for our women's lab. She's a nutritional therapist, and I've got Mitch Dangerman, a coach for our open lab, and I finally I've got Ian Murray, a coach from Evil Elf Racing, um, also in our open lab. So we'll jump right in today, and we'll go ahead and get started, and we'll talk a little bit about what's going on this week in the lab. Taya, what do we got going on in the women's lab? Hi everyone. So this week we took the intensity down a little bit, but nevertheless. The work that we are doing is focusing on skills. There were workouts focusing on high cadence and also single legged drills. So those, even though they are not at a high power per se, they demand quite a bit from different leg muscles. We do, did do one VO2 workout in there just to keep the legs sharp for the week. Excellent, excellent. A lot of these workouts, you'll find that they'll go from both the open lab and the women's lab. So if you're in either lab, you may have seen this workout um, on each side and and been able to kind of either try these out. Um, I know a lot of the guys in the uh, riders in the open lab have had a chance to do recovery drills and the 555 high cadence very early on um, and really great, great drills um, for a rest week. Now, Mitch, what do we got going on in the open lab? Sure. Hello, everybody. This week, we're in our second week of build as we get ready for Team Worlds on Zwift. And if you think about it, all our workouts are really targeting our race. So we started the week with lactate threshold intervals, uh, really working on our body's ability to handle surges, repeated surges with small recoveries. Uh, our next workout of the week was what we call pyramid digs, which was really simulating race attacks of varied intensities um, with small recoveries that kind of vary in time as well. And we're going to end our week with a nice sweet spot session to really build that longer aerobic endurance that we need, settle in on a race and keep with that group. And then next week, we're going to have another hard week and then we'll get ready for recovery. Yeah, so this week has been um, especially tough for a lot of the riders just because of um, how much intensity there is. Um, pyramid digs, um, Ian was missing out on uh, some of the group workouts, but a lot of... Uh, Creative words, I guess, would say, were uh, being thrown around at Ian um, during the Wednesday's workout. And one thing that we, we I, both I <laughs> yeah. definitely not miss that workout. Exactly. That I mean, that's a tough one. It's definitely a tough one. Um, uh, one thing that has been added, uh, if you haven't been watching both the Open and the Women's Lab, was we actually have um, an opportunity, and we've gotten into the Zwift Group Workouts um, module. So, Taya, could you tell us a little bit about that and kind of how it's worked for you in the Women's Lab? It was an excellent session. We had about 140 riders. We were live streaming and we had uh, a lot of people tuning into the live stream to listen. So, so the riders that were in the workout also listening in through the live stream on the coaching and the interactions during the workouts and got a lot of positive feedback that people really enjoyed it. We did the 555 high cadence workout, which is also something not everybody is used to doing or working on. 
So lots of positive feedback, not only from a perspective of being in the module and having that interaction with the coach via Facebook Live, but also the type of workout that we did. Yeah, definitely um, something new for the interaction for our live viewers. Um, I, I ran a group workout on Wednesday. Um, it also ran pretty well. Um, we had um, Kristen Armstrong um, as well giving some feedback. I was typing. She was able to type some messages back during the recovery. Um, one thing that we're trying to add in the workouts is um, a bit more text to kind of fill in those spots where we're not having to type all the messages. Or, for example, if someone were to do this workout by themselves without us there, they'd have that motivation um, as well. Um, but I'll pass it over to Mitch. He had kind of a mixed bag of reviews for this week. And uh, um, this is one of the things that uh, we are part of or that we're, we're happy to be a part of. Um, with Swift is we are essentially testing or trying to break uh, the group workouts. Um, but I'll let Mitch uh, share his experience from the beginning and the end of the week. Yeah, so I mean, at the beginning of the week, we uh, had the lactate threshold interval workout in the group module. And about 30 seconds before the workout, everybody disappeared. Um, so it was only rider you saw was yourself. Uh, we had a bunch of people on Discord so we could all talk. Um, which actually brings up a great lesson. And we also learned that we had the slightly wrong workout in the module as well. Sometimes uh, life and uh, circumstances throw curveballs at you and you just make the best of it, the, you know, the way you can. And, and you go on and you, we did the workout together on Discord. We added some intervals to get where we wanted to be from a workout perspective and everyone got through it. Send some feedback to Zwift. They sent out a patch. And then later this week, I think they've all worked well. We did one this morning, the Pyramid Digs. And it Great. We had 86 riders, lots of banter, had a great time and uh, really worked well. Yeah, I think they're definitely looking very closely at how this works um, because it is part of their um, what looks like in their roadmap to kind of take a dent into uh, group workouts and getting people kind of on together and um, working together and doing workouts together. So um, hopefully we are providing good feedback for them and getting some good workouts and some good live um, interaction with our groups uh, as far as live streams and that sort of thing. All right, so on to our next topic. Um, we'll go into uh, hot topics in the lab. Um, so I'll throw it um, to Andrea here. Um, we can start with a couple topics. Um, what's been hot in the women's lab? Yeah, hi everybody. Um, I've been trying to keep up with everybody's discussions that are happening through the forum as well as a busy week. And today I was going to hit on hydration, what to drink on the bike, and cramping came up as well. Um, so with hydration, a lot of the sessions are sort of around the hour mark with our longest being the endurance ride at an hour and a half. So I feel for most of us, water should, should, should be sufficient. Um, if you wanted to, for the longer endurance ride, you could add in an electrolyte into the bottle, just the non-sweetened ones, preferably avoiding any artificial sweeteners. I'm not really a fan of those. So your noons and your zims and your high fives tend to do pretty well. Um, if... Some people are finding that they're getting a bit fatigued toward the end of the hour and a half. You could add a bit of carbohydrate in, either in the form of some solid food with your electrolyte drink or make it an electrolyte carbohydrate drink. But for most of us, just I think good, good, good water should be should be sufficient. Uh, so, Andrea, um, let me interrupt you for a second there. Uh, for me, for example, I find that I need something in the bottle that taste with taste. So that's where okay. um, instead of water, perhaps having those, the none, for example, is, is, is one of them. Just to have something that tastes good um, that will 
have me want to drink. Otherwise, I feel like I don't want to drink just plain water. Um, I think, I think that's, that's a good idea. Most of the electrolyte um, little tablets, one of those in a 750 ml bottle, they're quite weak. In fact, for some of us racing, we actually need a lot more electrolyte than that, where often I'll have one of those or two of those in the bottle and I'll actually bring some salt sticks chews with me or I'll use an even higher electrolyte product like the precision hydration. So for regular training indoors, um, one of the noons or zams should be absolutely fine if it's encouraging you to drink. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Would you good. top that up, Paya, when you're when you're racing? Would you would you double up or use a stronger product? Um, I know from um, some of Taya's kind of talks on her post um, that she typically does um, a more of a higher carbohydrate um, depending on her race. Like for example, um, more recently um, she was doing that gravel race and um, she would actually try to put more calories in the bottle. Um, we'll have to ask her on her training rides um, longer on the outside, but I know just because of, of the gravel situation, and Mitch can speak to this too, just being able to reach down and, or get some type of other food, it's pretty difficult. Um, so um, I have a feeling there may be a mix of things. But I did want to ask, are you familiar with um, Stacy Sims and um, Osmo, Osmo Nutrition, Andrea? I haven't used your product, but I am familiar with her. Are they formulated slightly higher? They are, but it's definitely lower than um, your regular hydration drinks, which are normally at six to eight percent. She's kind of on the lower end, around four um, and four or five percent, which ends up being that just that right amount that we've seen kind of in the science that allows for better absorption. So for those longer days, those ninety those ninety minute days um, that are over an hour, um, I think definitely could be an opportunity to make sure that we're getting good hydration there. But I think you're right on point with if it's sixty minutes or less, something like a electrolyte tab is perfect. Um, but moving over into like the you know 90 plus definitely adding a little bit of glucose um, the science shows it could be very good oh yeah definitely um if we're going over the 90 minutes some um, solid food or liquid food should definitely be be coming in roughly at 40 to 50 grams carbohydrates if we're racing higher than that um and even with electrolyte products i see a lot of athletes that still have issues on their regular formula yeah. Um, um, Taya's back if you want to ask her uh, quickly about the hydration again. I think it was about um, if you put more carbohydrates in your drink uh, during racing or um, during outdoor uh, your outdoor training sessions, um, Taya. So for that gravel race specifically that you were mentioning, I knew I wasn't going to take my hands off the handlebars <laughs> or I would, but not to reach out because it was a race and it was only 60 miles long, which meant I would be done in about three and a half hours with the gravel and the uh, elevation for the race. All I had was uh, carbs in my bottle. That's all I did. And of course I did that ahead of time as a training to make sure that my stomach would accept that. And it did. So it was Carbo Pro and it was about, I want to say 100 grams uh, per hour for for that. So I have a camp. I had a Camelback and I had two bottles, and uh, I didn't stop. I just went straight through it. Yeah. So definitely a decision. Um, you know, on the on the end of like a, like a triathlon and that sort of thing, you have your ability to kind of good. Um, 
be able to reach down and get the hydration that you need. So really depends on your situation. But yeah, I think really great advice across the board. You know, 16 minutes before, water only, something like that. And then um, going over it closer to that 90 minutes, you got to think about putting something else in. So what else do you got, Andrea? I don't, did I get dropped there at some point? I'm not quite sure. Um, <laughs> but when I switch over to cramping, because um, oh, okay. a lot of people were talking about that and there can be, I, I almost have a list here beside me because there can be so many unusual things going on as well as the ones that we know. We, we know that dehydration can, can affect cramping. We know that low electrolytes between sodium and potassium can affect cramping. Magnesium is another one that comes up very commonly and often taking a magnesium supplement, not necessarily during training, but in the evening time, either magnesium malate, aspartate, glycinate, they tend to be well absorbed and, and very helpful to bring it up to about, oh, between 400 and 1200 milligrams may help with the cramping issue. But what they found in people that cramp is that there are certain people that are prone to cramping um, and there are are also people that tend to race above training pace. So they're forcing the body more than it's used to, so they're developing neuromuscular fatigue. Um, but other things that were coming up are if you've recently been injured, um, any ligament damage that you're rehabbing, you're more prone to cramping. If there's any pain, if there's any muscular imbalances, these are all really, really important to address. Our shoes, um, not only for when we're training, but outside of training. So a lot of women will wear heels um, or different shoes, which can put the make the foot more likely to cramp than when we get on the bike or when we're running. Um, so yeah, we tend to have to go into the flat boring shoes if we want to be kind to our bodies. Um, exercising in the heat, so a combination of high body temperature with dehydration, um, it's, it's more likely we have higher electrolyte needs when we first are trying to acclimate to a higher higher sweat rate. Um, tend to see cramping often in people when they've come off a long haul flight. I don't know why that is. I think, I feel it's the aircon having an impact on the kidneys and people losing, becoming more dehydrated, but just giving your body a bit of a chance to settle in. Maybe traveling, drinking an electrolyte can help. Um, another one that can come up for athletes is just they're tense. They're tense. They're anxious. They're not breathing correctly. They're not allowing blood circulation to, to move through the body quite so well. So, they're getting um, a lack of oxygen to the muscle that's actually doing all the hard work. So watching your posture, watching that you're not forcing, watching that there's no anxiety um, can be important. Um, tapering well before a race. If it's cramping during during um, during racing, it's important to look at the taper being adequate. Um, but cramping's interesting. We don't really know what it is. Is it the brain? Is it the body? Is it fatigue? Is it the muscles? Um, so if products like electrolytes and hydration aren't working, there is some interesting other options like spices and pickle juice. And there's a product that they had on the Kona Ironman course called Hot Shots, um, which sort of blows your head apart when you take it. But that's been found to be very successful by a couple of my athletes as well. So just a couple of things to think about there if you're trying to figure out why you're cramping. But always look at the diet, always look at your training, always look at your posture. I think they're a good place to start. Have you guys noticed anything? Yeah, Andrew, I've actually tried the hot shot, um, and it, it works, but I'm, it, it may just be because it's a very spicy drink that you throw in your system while in the middle of a training uh, or a race. And uh, it may just completely reset your system. I'm not really sure what the science is behind it, but it definitely works. 
It is. It is a reset. Your brain yeah. goes, wow. <laughs> it definitely does. I took it in mile nine in Chattanooga, and um, it took my body about 400 meters to adjust. Um, <laughs> I think, though, I think the neuromuscular issue is, is one that people tend to forget about. Um, a lot of people just focus on the, the electrolyte, the, the intake of, of fluids. And I really think you're you're spot on with that point because I've seen people who overcook themselves on the bike or the run way higher than they've done in any other event. It's the I've never run a six minute mile in my life, but I'm gonna run try and run fifteen of them. And they just blow up and have those major seizures from cramps. Yeah. And then they blame nutrition or they don't know what happened. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, that um, on on our side, or as far as like, um, I did a quick um, search uh, through in the feed zone. We've actually uh, covered this, and it came across the same conclusion with the pickle juice. And essentially, there's a receptor in our mouths um, that gets triggered, um, like we were mentioning, and it essentially is able to reset the neural system. Because a lot of times, the musc, uh, the type of cramping that we're getting is not a full body cramp; it's a localized cramp. So you're looking at kind of an exercise associated cramp and the, the neuromuscular system is just not firing properly so when you're able to take that tension away and essentially those products are taking it away by giving you that spicy spicy vinegary very acidic type taste it's able to reset the system so that's in the heat of the moment that has shown um, some good proof and some good science behind it as well so great topic there actually fascinatingly it's been shown to prevent them which Oh, the, I agree with you. I think it's it's based on the the brain and it, it, like a nervous system confusion where it, the, the muscle just lets go. But they found that it, they work preventatively as well, taken before a race, which is quite fascinating. Yeah, super interesting. So just pickle juice every day, um, vinegar in the morning, <laughs> before your workout, pre workout, post workout, pickle juice, right? And pepper in your electrolyte drink. Yeah, cayenne pepper with your hydration and your noon. Yeah, who needs sweet stuff? You just got spicy stuff. <laughs> all, all right. Taya, um, from your side of things, Women's Lab, what do, what, what do you got going on? What do you think uh, was the hot topics this week? Some great things happening in week three here. Uh, some more breakthroughs. The mental skills part of the lab continues to be a hot topic. This week we talked about mind check and we had a great um, exercise, if you will, from Nate Last on that, which is essentially focusing on, you know, things that are helpful to you when you're working hard and you find yourself having negative thoughts. It's okay to have them, but it's not okay to stay there. So that's the main message. So how do you pull yourself out of that situation when you find yourself saying, oh, I can't do this, or even ahead of time, oh, this is going to be hard. I'm not sure I can finish it, et cetera. And so he gives um, a couple of tips on how to do it and focusing on, for example, positive memories, enjoyable experiences that you can pull from in those moments. And one thing that Nate mentioned during his video, which I think is key, and I would even recommend that lab participants go back and perhaps listen to that video once or twice again. He talks about flow over force, which is getting your mind into that state of flowing with what's going on instead of resisting it. Um, we have gotten a lot of positive feedback from the participants in the lab. One of the comments was, I am loving the life enriching side of the lab, 
which is really adding to the overall experience and helping a lot of the athletes on things that perhaps they didn't know could be helpful to them uh, during the workouts and races. The other hot topic was how to warm up for the workouts, the intensity workouts. Some of the tips there include dynamic movements of legs, arms, and shoulders before the workout, which can be very helpful, as well as uh, spending time on the bike, spinning up before you hit those intervals. I also mentioned a core routine, which a lot of our participants were interested in, um, which I do every day religiously before I get on a bike. And what that does is it helps to engage your core as you're on the bike. It makes you lighter. And over time, of course, strengthening your back and your core will prevent injuries um, and neck pain, etc. Lastly, the great uh, part of uh, the lab this week was across the board. I would say almost all of our riders mentioned how much high cadence has helped them and how they are seeing results already, how they go to a VO2 workout and they see that they're already using high cadence without even noticing it and how that's been helping them reach their numbers uh, in terms of the power they're supposed to reach during the intervals or even outside rides, how they're then noticing that their cadence is higher and they're able to perform better. So it's been a great week. Yeah, definitely. A lot of things going on there. Mental skills has been a huge thing um, in the open lab as well. Um, Nate um, has got some great stuff tapped in. Um, I definitely think it's that missing link, kind of that last piece of the equation uh, when you can have something to reach into and kind of put bring out of your bag um, to be able to get you through that final bit. Um, anyone else have experience with kind of reaching down into this mental training or just kind of learning more about it as we kind of learn a lot from Nate, but otherwise? One of the things I can definitely say is putting Nate's, Nate's uh, lessons into practice are, are great. And then what happens over time, you just get used to being able to dig into that or, or learn how to suffer through, I guess, is another way to put it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, one, one of the things when I deal with, with training, you know, from our day job is we always have to explain to people, you know, you, you, you never rise to the occasion. If, if you've not done it in training and you haven't practiced it in training, likely you're going to be able to all of a sudden miraculously be able to do it. And that includes the, the mental side. You know, you always fall back on your training and, you know, putting into practice this mental, the mental gamesmanship, the mental toughness, the, the means which with, with which you can get past a bad patch. Those are all things you have to practice. Uh, and, and it's, it's really vital. Like I said, there's, I've never heard of an instance where someone has never gone through a bad patch and then all of a sudden they go through a bad patch and they come out just amazing on the other end. It's, it's just not realistic. That's a great point. Yeah, that's, that's kind of you know, what I see with what he's doing. I think the application of it where people are, especially with what we're doing with the different labs, is we're forcing people into difficult situations as, as the weeks get harder. So we're forcing them to confront that I'm too tired. I feel, you know, I don't feel great. I mean, if we only train on the days we feel great, then, I mean, you just better hope you have a great feeling day on race day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and for we, those, we oh. all know that we all know that 
not everything goes 100% perfectly on race day. There's always something. I would say never goes 100% on race day. Yeah. So um, for those who don't know who um, we're talking about, we're actually talking about uh, Coach Nate Last is from Mental Grit Consulting. So if you search for that on Facebook, um, you could definitely find his page. He's got some great resources there. It's someone that we have brought into both the women's and the open lab to add to the experience here in the lab to bring some information about this next thing, this next level thing of mental consulting or mental training, essentially. All right. Let's move over to the open lab. We'll start here with Mitch. Mitch, what was going on in the Open Lab this week? Hey, so Jason, I mean, our, our conversation we just had really dovetails nicely to what I'd like to talk about. And it's really more a question for the group here is, you know, this morning in my workout doing the pyramid digs, getting into the second or third interval, I noticed my heart rate was it was easy 10 to 15 beats higher than it should have been for that. Uh, that um, legs felt really heavy. And you know, I struggled with, you know, what do I do? You know, I know there's a lot of uh, colds and flus going around at the office right now. And really like the coach's thoughts on, look, if you get into a workout and you notice that something is really kind of different with your body and the signals it's sending, you know, what should you do? Should you dial it back? Should you grit it out? I'd love to hear what other people's opinions are. May I add some comments? Yeah, go for it. So, Firstly, I'd look at just two simple things. Have, could you be dehydrated at all, um, which is going to elevate the heart rate or hotter? And have you, if it's an intense workout, just making sure that there are some carbohydrate in the mix balanced with your protein and fats. Um, if we try to do it very, very low carb and we're fat oxidizing, that's less efficient for oxygen, so the heart rate's going to go up. Now, in the context of there being a lot of sickness around you, that elevated heart rate more than likely could be that the body is just trying to fight off something. So you need to ask your body, is it sensible to do this session? How do I feel? Do I dial it down and do a recovery session? If you feel you need some support, um, there are really good herbs. Um, Echinacea angustifolia, high dose of vitamin C is antiviral. Um, Sambucus niger, nigra, which is also called Sambucol. Um, and olive leaf extract. They're all antiviral and are really, really helpful right at the start of a cough or cold to boost your body. Um, but I would say that that spike could be just that your body's elevating its temperature to work a little bit better and more efficient to fight anything that is coming at you. So I don't know if that relates to how you felt. Yeah, yeah I mean, if I look, look at it, I mean, you know, I was hydrated. Uh, certainly it topped off my glycogen levels last night didn't have any carbs in the mix but it was so early in the workout i i aired on the side of possible illness and i just dialed back and did more of a recovery workout um and you know we'll see if i was right or wrong yeah plenty of times i mean you may have gotten the call or the text from a from a writer sometimes even in the middle of a workout like what should i do and they're just like looking for someone to make the choice for them because they're you know am i am i going too hard is, is something are you seeing something that i might be on the edge of something so sometimes um we we end up making choices for athletes on uh, when they may be going too hard because we know that they're uh, they're right on that that fringe or that line you know yeah and i think uh in my experience i am less attached to heart rate I have my heart rate monitor on. I know what my heart rate looks like in all the intervals, but I don't tend to pay too much attention to it. I would say, though, we're pretty good as human beings, right, to um, at 
reading our own bodies. I think when we see that we might be tired, we might be not quite there for the workout, um, it's okay to tell yourself, okay, I'll give it. So it's, is, is it after the first interval? Let, let me see if I can, maybe I'm still warming up. Maybe I'll, I'll feel a little better on the second one. Uh, maybe today's the day that my body's taking a little while longer to uh, warm up. And then you go to the second interval, of course, provided you're not doing you know, two by 15. <laughs> you go into the second one and you see how you feel. And if you still see that you're off, there's nothing wrong with calling it off. Call it off and uh, come back the next day. Yeah, I have a 15-minute rule that, that was ingrained in me a long time ago by a buddy of mine who's a phenomenal runner. And if after 15 minutes your body's just not not willing to play nice with others, then then I bag it. Um, it may just turn into a recovery session or it just may turn around and go home. After 15 minutes, my body's pretty warmed up if it's going to warm up. Yeah, and I think um, just wanted to circle back to what Andrea had mentioned about different types of herbs and um, antioxidants that you can use. These are things you could use prophylactically. So definitely go back and listen to those parts. Um, all the things that she mentioned, the the olive, the olive leaf, the echinacea, the vitamin C, all those things can be very useful when you feel like you're going to a place or going to be exposed to that sort of thing. Um, I'm exposed to patient care most of the day. Um, so there is a lot of exposure in that sense. So a lot of times when patients are coming in super sick, I, I'm also trying to be very, very careful or I just send them all home. <laughs> uh, all right, Ian, so in the open lab on your side, um, uh, what do you, what have you got? Well, so this has come up in the open lab, but also in the, uh, in the women's lab too, the, uh, the, the quest for how to add multi-sport training to the mix. Um, we have a few um, enlightened souls in our labs who are triathletes. <laughs> yeah, we want to really take a look at how we can integrate our multi-sport lifestyle into these labs. And, it, and it's, it's interesting because I take the approach of when you, when you have a shifting season, a lot of triathletes will have their triathlon season and a marathon season, and some will have a cycling season as well. So, and then you have to throw in an off season at some point, that two weeks where we try to do nothing or as little as possible. But adding multi-sport is, is very difficult because certain events like running are going to take a lot out of your legs and they're going to affect your ability to have a good cycling workout. While swimming, if you're showing good technique and good form, the swimming is much more going to be a focus on your aerobic system and, and your upper body. And your, if you're not doing a lot of kick sets, which – I almost never do because I just assume that's a bad part of my stroke. Um, you know, you're not going to tax your legs as much, so you can potentially add more of that. The key to this is really trying to figure out where you are in the season and what your training goals are. So for right now, from the perspective, the goal of the season, the goal is the team world. So we're going to want to limit our running or our very strenuous running uh, or intent, high intensity running workouts to a minimum because we're, we're doing a lot of that in the, in the, in the lab. So we could just do some recovery runs to help work on some strength and help keep our basic running form in, intact with our, with our brain. So we don't forget how to do it. And then you can add additional swims for some type workouts, some of those recovery type workouts where you're going to add some TSS and you're going to add some time doing work, but it's not going to be very, it's not going to be high impact. It's not going to be very stressful on the body. But as we move forward, 
the spring season, as we start hitting other labs, people are going to have to really try and, and tailor this to what their goals are. And that's like anything, as we see the people who are trying to add the extra rides with, for just the pure cyclists, um, trying to add things that match your goals, not your immediate need to satiate your desire for feedback and, and racing. Um, so that's, that's one of the big things. And we've had a number of people who are really trying to, to take a good look at this. And it, it's a very delicate balance. I know Andrea and Mitch have both had experience with this. And, and you can definitely destroy your, your cycling goal if you just start adding in the 15, 20K, 30K runs and 5 or 10K swims if that's not necessarily what you're accustomed to. Yeah, definitely a mix yeah. of trying to get everything in. I mean, uh, it's it's even for a cyclist. I can't imagine. Um, I haven't done you know more than a single sport. Maybe some running on the side, but man, what you guys do definitely is amazing. Andre, what you had something there? Yeah, it's it's definitely been an interesting two months for me because I came out of a long season that started in with training ramping up in October for a January race, and I finished in September. So my Zwift Academy experience was actually meant to be my off, but it was just too much of an opportunity to miss. So I just <laughs> dialed down the running and the swimming um, and tolerated it really well. Got a really good improvement in my bike. I did a VO2 max test this week, um, which came out really well. And now it's just a case of sort of balancing it. I'm having maybe two, one recovery, one run longer run. I'm in this pool doing technical work still focusing on the bike, but then it will gradually ramp up the running and the swimming. But I think if you're just constantly listening to your body, it's, you know, we're, you have to be really goal focused. It's about the races. It's not about hero training in the season. Um, right. So just being smart and looking forward. And uh, Point there, Andre, where you just talked about um, doing a focus block for Swift Academy. And I think that's what one of, one of the things we generally forget to do as triathletes is, we have to identify what, what we're trying to improve because we can't focus on improving three things all at the same time. Mm. You know, so I'm going to do, once I get off my off season, I'm going to do a swim run block and probably dial down the bike a little bit. It's on some speed in both the, the running and uh, on the running in the water. And then I know I have time to come back and build my power back up on the bike while I dial back a little bit on the, on the run. Yeah. The running's definitely the most intense on your body because there's a lot more impact. So we do need to give our joints a break, I think, in our off season. Um doesn't mean don't run, it just means be sensible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, really good chat about that. And you know, bringing that all together, I think um, you know, both for cycling and for our triathletes out there, I mean the overlooming kind of idea is just you can't burn the match again and it comes back in each of our conversations you can't just burn the match on all ends um, whether it be trying to increase your FTP or trying to run or swim faster you just need to be, make sure that you focus on one thing to be able to get good at that one thing and kind of switch around really great so yeah it's been a really good week here um, in both the open and the women's lab and these are the sort of things that you conversations that add to your training so you're not just out there doing workouts you know doing the three structure you know three structured workouts and there's not a whole lot of conversation or at least the conversation changes from is my setup correct is my heart rate monitor on backwards to some more in-depth conversations of am I doing things right am I getting the goals that I'm trying to reach and are the things that I'm trying to um, perform are am I doing them correctly and that is essentially what 
us as coaches add to this lab and add to your experience in both the women's and the open lab. All right, we're going to move to our last section here, and it's actually going to be what we're going to try to call the Lab Rat of the Week. So we'll start with the women's lab. Um, who's our uh, Lab Rat of the Week? It's Liz. She has been able to put all the pieces together, cadence, body check, mental check during the workouts, and she's already seen improvements in her performance from those. So her comments have been illustri illustrating that and uh, reflective of that breakthrough. So she mentioned, for example, that she found a new gear and that new gear is actually her legs. Mm -hmm. So it seems that the high cadence workout has really helped her shift the pedaling so that she could accomplish the 30 second sprints that we had in a given workout at 100 RPMs and not struggle with it. And then when it came time to dial that back up even further after the 30 second VO2 interval into a full on sprint, she was able to dial in her thoughts into the mental check of I can do this. I'm checking my body to make sure I am relaxed. At the same time, I'm focused with my mind and I can do anything for 10 seconds and make it happen. So Lise has been over and over this week posting of how all of it is coming together for her. And with that, she was able to accomplish a lot with her workouts. So kudos for that. Oh man, that definitely is awesome. Yeah, I, I, I come across her comments and definitely inspiring to the other writers. So um, great on her and um, being out there and just putting ourselves out to, to that sort of uh, growth I think is just in and, in and above itself um, just a huge jump as far as uh, their ability so that's great to hear. Um, Ian, I um, heard you had a, a recommendation for um, our Lab Rat of the Week in the Open Lab? Yeah, our Open Lab Rat, um, I, I like uh, Kenneth, he's uh, he, one, I mean he's nailed the workouts this week. The guy has just, just been a beast as far as, as, as hitting the workouts dead on but more importantly he's been so supportive over the last two weeks really with of everybody else getting in. If he can, if he can answer a question that normally one of us would jump on on the technical side, he's helping out people. He's providing encouragement for people who are struggling in this second week of the build. I mean, he, he's just been there for a lot of the lab writers and, and that's the kind of thing we'd like to see in the community because that's what this is. This is a community training, training platform. It's, it's not just, you know, three or four of us who are and some help. I mean, he's, he's really helped out with a couple of people who have, who've struggled due to uh, overcooking it or a little bit of nagging injuries that they've had for, for a number of months and, and just getting it and, and being that, that shoulder, you know, or that ear for them to listen to and that, that, that really, really making sure that they're getting a good experience out of that. So for that, I, I, I recommended and nominated Kenneth for the uh, lab route of the week. No, I definitely agree with that. Um, Kenneth has been really positive. Um, he's he's done, um, I think it would be, this is his second lab, and he did the FTP challenge as well. He's super motivated. Um, I think he, I think you're right on with, um, he's been through a lot. Um, he's grown a lot, um, and you could definitely see his, his growth in, both in how he races, how he thinks, and how he understands things. And again, this is, has to do with the conversation. It's not a one-way thing where we're telling everybody, do this, do that, do this. It's a conversation where they can ask questions to us to be able to get more out of the lab. So just one of those things. But yeah, I definitely agree. Kenneth's been great in the open lab.
And you both bring a very important point here, which is the community aspect of the lab. We're seeing that a lot too in the women's lab, a lot of support for one another, a lot of comments and, and encouraging messages, um, sharing of experiences. And so that has been, I can see as extremely positive for all the participants. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's definitely positivity going around. I think people just like to be able to hear other people's stories and be able to feel that, hey, that person's going through that too. That person has that question. Oh, I'm, I'm glad that someone posted that because I didn't feel like, you know, posting that question, but I have that question too oftentimes, you know, so definitely great there. All right. So really good. As we wrap up here um, for the coaches, um, any any last comments here for our second episode? Yeah, I, I've got one just for, just for the uh, the open lab folks who were we're rolling into our last our last big build week coming up. Um, it, it's it's important to to stick with the plan and and not crush yourself. Week seven is going to be difficult because as we then head into our recovery week for the or taper week for the race, you're going to have to be fresh as as fresh as you can for the race. So I, as I always post in the in the in the labs Facebook group, let's uh, let's be cognizant of that and not. Uh, try and do 45 different races, repeat the workouts 12 times because we want to get all the stars and, uh, and come back with a 12,000 TSS week uh, <laughs> this next week coming up. No, no, def- definitely. Um, it can definitely catch people. We front load the, the week, so it can definitely bite you on, on the end of the week. So just be very careful. We've, we've planned this out and we've done it before. So um, this is a part where you can lean on us for, for our guidance and uh, just to be careful on those days. Yeah. Anything from the women's lab? Um, any last comments there, ladies? We're getting into the last week here and there will be workouts that will be challenging uh, some of them, or one in particular, more so than the ones we have done so far, which is perfect for that last week to bring it all together, put all of the things that you learned to work. Uh, you should have gotten a little bit of uh, rest this week. Please pay attention to the um, video instructions uh, for this week. There is one workout that we should be doing in erg mode, which is not the usual mode that we use. Uh, but yeah, have fun with it. Uh, this This week should be great. Excellent. That's great. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Are they going to be more water towel fan workouts <laughs> by any chance? <laughs> so it's my, my, my usual uh, comment is at the beginning of workouts when I lead workouts and rides is don't forget WTF, um, water towel and fan. And of course, you know, it can be one of those WTF workouts as well the other way. But yeah, there's one that it's, it's going to be fun it's there's so many there's so many changes within the workout you won't even notice and go by but it's just it's just a lot of over-unders but in a fun way oh fun Excellent. Great. So as we wrap up here, episode two of the Coach's Corner, I want to thank everybody who has gone on and subscribed. If you haven't got a chance, you can see this on Facebook, um, but you could also catch this on um, our new podcast. So if you go to your podcast app, subscribe to or search for the Endurance Lab, you'll be able to find us there. So from the coaches here in the Coach's Corner, I want to thank you for listening in and we will see you next week in the Coach's Corner.